Good job. Good job. Good job. What are we doing tonight? Oh, I'm supposed to be teaching. Did you see my handy dandy light? Pastor about got this for me, but I'm letting him use it once in a while. Anybody watch the Olympics? Am I too loud? I've got an echo up here. Testing one, two, three. Can you hear me now? What? Sit down, I'm coming, brother. I got it for you. I'm sorry. I can't do nothing about your family. Praise God. I, uh, as I was working on this teaching tonight, uh, I watched, uh, I'm a big Olympic fan. I like watching the Olympics. I like to watch um, the big guys lift those thousand pound weights. Those people run and they jump and they do all this stuff. I like them more. But in my church in California, I had a young man that was uh, trying out for the Olympics. And his was diving. And what got me about him is the number of hours that he put in every week to dive. The same thing with, with those other sports. The number of hours that they put in to do what they do. Wow, am I getting worse or better? Oh, the pastor's up there. That's, he's trying to make me feel bad, sound bad, so just ignore it, okay? See, he's back there doing that with it. Anyway, uh, and I got to thinking about it. These people that go to the Olympics, they put their whole young life of training, training, training. But they talked about in this one audition about how physically you had... Now he's kind of, he's trying to put me under is what he's trying to do back there. And, and in the training, the hours they put, but there's also a mental side of it. Performing for a lot of people, how you look, how you dress, what if you don't make the grade, and all this stuff goes on behind it. And I thought of Christians, and that's where I kind of got this message, is it's time to strengthen up. I think we, the church, are you making me better? I'm not sounding better. Okay, keep talking. I can do that. But I was thinking about the church and how that the, the church, we, the church, need to, okay, we're going to go up here. We, the church, it's worship up here. Okay. I didn't do this. The pastor did this. Every new thing. You know. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Is that better? Testing one, two, three. Am I better? You're on the worship team. You've got to say, like this or like this or like that. Testing one, two, three. 
talking. That almost blew my one ear out. Anyway, the amount of hours that these athletes put in to prepare for those few days of the Olympics is amazing. And I thought about the church. How much time are we as a church individually putting in our time of what we need to do to strengthen ourselves, to get ourselves in a better position? And we can break it down. Well, I pray 80 hours a week. You ought to be running the church in, brother, if you're praying 80 hours a week. Or I read 24 hours a day. Okay, how do you sleep, eat, or do any other things? So I've got just a short thing on it tonight to talk about steps to strengthen ourselves. I don't know if you realize it or not, but we have a responsibility to build ourselves up in the things of God. We can't lay dormant. Or as my wife would put it, we can't have that old manna, though it's still good manna, helping us today. We need new manna to come in to help build us up and strengthen us. So turn with me to the book of Joel, third chapter and 10th verse. Then we're going to Ephesians 10, 6, 10. Are you still adjusting? Am I sounding better? There's like an echo right here. No, I'm talking about how close I am to that up there. It's ringing this one good ear, whichever ear it is. Okay, Joel, the third chapter, and the tenth verse says, Beat up your plowshells, shears, into swords, and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. I really had a vision of more people here tonight because I believe there's a group of people in our church need to start saying, I am strong. I think we as a church have been too puny for too long or declared our puniness because of whatever reason that we need to declare. When he says, let the weak say they're strong, we need to start declaring that to ourselves. We're strong. We're strong. I get up every day and I, I go look at the mirror and I say, ear, you're going to work today. And so far my ear's not listening. And I realize if it can't hear, it can't hear. But my insides are saying, ear, hear. Well, it hasn't worked yet. So my wife says to me, why do you do that every day? I said, because I want that nerve that's in the brain to attach itself back to the nerve that the doctor cut so that ear will work. Is that a good reason? Okay, turn with me to the book of Ephesians, the sixth chapter, the tenth verse. Look what he says. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It goes on to say, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against darkness of rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. And it goes on and talks more about the armor. Sometimes I think that, that we don't take it serious enough that we need to add into ourselves. And so I ask my question to myself. I don't know if you do this when you preach or when you teach or preach. I always ask myself, okay, what have I done in the last 
two weeks to add to me. And I have an answer for me, but I'm going to ask you, what have you done in the last two weeks to add into you, to strengthen you, to build you up? Well, I've got a 49-foot porch in the back. It's long, and there's some trees there. And I've dedicated some time in the mornings, sometimes at 6, sometimes at 5, sometimes at 4.30. I'll go out there, and I'll sit, and I'll have a talk with with the Lord out there overlooking my backyard. Now you say, what good that does? It does good because I ask for directions for the day. I get instructions before I commit any more to the day. Being in the wrong place, the wrong time. I was telling him, I got a 50-inch Club Cadet lawnmower, and the bearings went out on the blades. So I took it to this place in Alma. It took me two weeks to pray about which place to take that lawnmower to. It wasn't a money issue, but it became a money issue. No, it wasn't a money issue. I didn't want to take it to the wrong place that would mess up my lawnmower. Now, is that silly? When I told Deborah that, she said, that's silly. It's just a lawnmower. Well, when the lawn grows fast, you get some rain and some sunshine like we've been having, it grows like six inches. Right, more. So what I do is I put an added place and an added time to get more information from God. Now, sometimes I'll go out there and read. Sometimes I'll go, well, sometimes I'm going out there and pray. And sometimes I'll have a cup of coffee. Sometimes I won't. What I did is trying to find me a place to get me strengthened. Now, is that selfish? Now, I've got a standard poodle, stands about that high, and my wife has a six-month-old golden doodle. Have you ever been around a golden doodle? Half poodle, half golden retriever. Well, this dog likes two things, to eat and to play. Oh, three things, and to bite. There, there, there. And so now... What I noticed this morning when I go out there, so he's got a doggy door. He goes in and out. The standard poodle, he won't go in and out of that door. He'll wait by the door to be open so he can go out. But I noticed this morning that I went out there, sat down, had a cup of coffee, and I was praying. Enough, and I looked around, and this golden doodle who's always excited about everything, he loves life. He loves picking on the, golden do- the poodle, pulling his ears, Anything that hits the ground, you better catch him because he's in a dead run somewhere. A towel, a sock, if it hits the ground, that dog's got it and he's gone. And if you're planting anything, you've got to watch what you plant because it'll be up by the roots and in the house on the couch. So this yesterday, I went out there, and I'm sitting down, minding my own business, talking to the Lord. And, and by the way, I was praying and I was praying in tongues. And that dog usually comes out there, and he'll jump up on me and bug me, and I'll have to come, get down. Bo, go do this, go do that. He won't do none of it. But I was out there, and he comes up, puts his head on my lap, and then he lays down. As long as I was praying in tongues, that dog didn't move. He just laid there, the nicest, politest dog you could ever imagine. 
But as soon as I stop praying in tongues, he's up on my lap. He's on the table. He's got his paws here. He's picking up stuff in the yard, bringing it to me, finding one of his toys that's all over the yard. He's like a one-year-old kid. I mean, there's toys everywhere for this dog. And they say, to keep the dog happy, he has to have lots of toys. So he has stuffed animals everywhere. You don't tear them up. So when you leave the house, you come back in, he's bringing you a stuffed animal. That's what he does. That's the retriever in him. So I got thinking, if, is he getting smarter or is the Spirit of God doing something, dealing with him in a way that's kind of unfamiliar to me? So in our walk to get strengthened, sometimes we have to do stuff out of the ordinary. Now, could I pray in my office in the, in the house? I could, and I do. Could I go out in my truck and pray and do? Never wouldn't have bothered me at all. I could do that. But it seemed like that place right now is a place that I receive strength and instruction from God. So it's really cool. Because I was asking him about, about a sermon last week, and this is where this came from. The word, the word of God says, let the weak say I am strong, so be strong. Call those things which are not as if they are. Let's call the church full. Pastor, you need to say amen about there. That was a good comment. Oh, I didn't hear you. That, that was the year of that. Christianity is not a belief or a, or a confession, but a life. It's, it's, it's like, this is who I am. This is what makes me who I am. Not so much my family, not so much my education, but more of what God is doing in me and I'm allowing him to do. So my question to you, what are you allowing God to strengthen you at or in or thereabouts? Is God strengthening you? Is he adding strength to you? Are you growing in the word? Do you sing better than before? No, I don't, but anyway. You play the bass better than before? What are you doing to be strengthened in the kingdom of God? Any thoughts? Say it again. He didn't hear you. Daily devotions, okay. You pray? Okay. Has the prayers increased? Have they intensified? yourself when you get your next prayer list out put bill on there so that'd be another one another five minutes of prayer or an hour of prayer no i'm talking about this bill though i wouldn't that was good i did good on that uh so say more give me some more you listen to worship music okay do you uh Listen, a long time, short time? Is it? Okay. Okay. How about you? What do you do? I would, if I would have gone guess, I would have guessed you would have did that. Yeah. Yeah. Pastor Kelly.
very common. Okay? Okay. And we, I'll just let everybody talk, so don't think if I'm just picking on them, I won't pick on you. So, is it okay? Yeah, okay. okay. Just, want, just want to make sure. I don't mean that I would listen, but anyway. Steps to maintain our strength. I got it on there. First, talk to God and listen. Have you ever, when you pray, do you take time after you prayed or made your request and listen? Sometimes, okay. Pastor, it's a trick question for you, but go ahead. I think many times, and all of us, I think we do do the same thing, is we make our request, and then many times we'll say, thank you, God, I believe it, I appreciate it, I'll receive it, and then we do nothing about listening to what he's saying back. And I think it has to do with our expectation level. Do you? Absolutely. And it's, it's a very important thing to do. I have like four or five of them in my house that I've filled up, page after page. And what I've found, if I track what he's saying to me, it won't be long before that's manifested, which is, which is really cool uh, if we think about it. That means that our God is an intimate God that wants to give in contact with you and strengthen you. Makes no difference how old you are, how young you are. God's plan for you is the best. He wants you to be above all. He wants you to be strengthened. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to walk in knowledge. He don't want you to walk in fear. He don't want, want you to walk in doubt. But he wants you to walk in his love. That's a good thing. Number two, meditate on the word of God. If you're ever going to be strengthened in the things of God, the Word of God has to be real in your life. How do you make the Word of God real in your life? That's your question. Read it and reread it. Do it slowly. Why slowly? I didn't even tell you ahead of time that, did I? Meditate on the Word of God. How often do you meditate on the Word of God? Now, I'm not asking you these questions, but I ask myself my, these questions. God, am I thinking about you enough during the day that when I'm eating a hamburger, I'm thinking about you, when I'm mowing the lawn, now that I've got a lawnmower working? Am I spending time with you? Now, I'll tell you before my lawnmower broke, I went to mow the front yard, and I went across at an angle, and Deborah walked out there. She says, you never mow like that. And I said, like what? She says, look, you're at an angle across the lawn. You know, we had a good friend that was a lawn expert, and he says, you go this path, and you go that path, and you go this path. 
And I don't know if it's true or not, but it always looked good. So in our walk with God and in our strengthening, we've got to be willing to meditate on the word, talk to God, and listen. When you pray, do you expect him to answer? When? How long? How long it takes? Okay. When you pray, how long do you wait for an answer? Okay. Okay. So, how long do you wait? So you do get an answer. Okay, can you give some more? Because people are wondering what you're talking about. Anybody else have anything like that? Oh, I think all of us are answered to prayer. Somebody in our family prayed for us. Say that again louder. Have a tr- I have a trouble praying at night. Before I I can pray in the evening, but pray at night, and I'll tell you why. Sometimes your experiences either help or hinder you. Each time that I prayed, let's say ten o'clock at night, ten thirty. Each time I prayed that, I'd go to sleep, and then the Holy Spirit would wake me up. And I'll tell you, there's several situations, but one of the situations was we had a guy in our church. That had, uh, he was a sergeant in the army. He had an affair with a man, and uh, he had caught AIDS. And he was in the hospital, intensive care. And uh, since he only had the affair, he said one time, caught AIDS from it, and married one of the ladies in the church, and she was tested, and all this stuff. And anyway, so. It was 11.30, 11.15 at night. Just went to sleep. And the Lord said, you need to go see Jeff. I said, God, it's 11.15 at night. Now, you have to be careful when you pray and you begin to ask God to show you things and do things with you because it will not always be convenient. Is that right, Pastor? And it's not always what or the time that we want to do it. So 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I argued with God. I 
God, I don't know how to get, get in the hospital. God says, you do too? Go through ER. This is in Santa Cruz, California. So I said, okay, if they'll let me in, I'll go. So went up, went to the hospital, went in the ER. They said, what can we do for you, sir? And I said, well, God told me to go up and see my friend in the hospital, Jeff, and he's in ICU. She looks at her watch. She says, it is kind of late. But did God tell you that? Now, hear me. This is very important. When you walk in obedience, expect the enemy to challenge you along the way. Pastor, don't give up the vision. Hang on to the vision. Because there's going to be those soothsayers out there, but there's going to be those ones that say, hang on, God's going to do something. So I said, yeah, I was praying tonight, and God said, come up and see him. And she does this. I don't know what this thing is. Okay. Go to that first elevator, and it says, employees, get there. Go to the third floor and go left. So I got there, got in there. He opened his eyes, and he looked, and he says, Pastor, I'm so glad you're here. I was thinking about you, and I was asking God to send you up here. I said to him, I said, why didn't you wait till morning? He looked at me, and he says, oh, I knew you'd come in the morning too, but this is better at night because there ain't nobody in here. He's got all these... Tubes and things, machines to him, you know. And he looks up at me and he says, Pastor, is it okay if I leave right now and go to heaven? How do you answer that? How would you answer it? I don't know. That's the comment that he wanted to hear. You ever been in that kind of position? Do you ever want to be in that kind of position? There you go. Anyway, he says, he says, I called my wife tonight and I told her I loved her and, and I'm sorry that I got this disease and da, 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 da. And he says, I called my mom, hadn't talked to her in 15 years. He gave me this whole list of people he called that night. Right? And so he says, I'm going to ask you again. Is it okay if I go to heaven right now? So I called him by name. I says, yeah, it's fine. He said, you were so good to me. I'm going. Bye. Closed his head. His eye died. I'm standing by the bed. Alarms and blails and whistles and all this stuff's going on. And a couple of nurses came running in there. And, and she says, well, we're going to try to revive him. I said, I don't think so. He, he went to heaven. He's gone. And she looked at me and she says, are you sure? Yeah. This is what he wanted. Do you know she unplugged the machine, turned them off, and rolled them out? (laughs) See the things you get into when you listen to God sometimes? So, don't call me. You're not going to call me when I come over. (laughs) Well, and and, so I called his wife, and and I thought she was going to cry and be upset. And she says, I had a feeling that he was going to heaven tonight. Ugh! I like getting it right one time. You know? But that's where strength comes. Every time you get one of those victories in your belt or wherever you put them, whenever you get those victories, it adds strength to you. 
But for me to get the strength, I had to get up out of bed, drive to the hospital, try to get in, go up the elevator, find this guy, talk to him, and receive the information he had, and then give him permission. I didn't have permission to do any of that stuff, except God says, I want you to go to the hospital tonight. Now, what has this done for me in my walk? It means that I have to pay closer attention to what God is saying. Did you hear that? Still talks in a small voice sometimes. And sometimes it's not the chili that you ate. Sometimes it's not the dinner that you ate. Sometimes it's the Spirit of God speaking to you, trying to get your attention, wanting you to do something for the kingdom. Now, I'd like to say that was a coincidence, but in my life, five times that happened. They call me the pastor of death. You're not going to call me? <laughs> you don't need to call the doctor, call Bill. But what that done, what that's, it's done something for the people that I prayed with, the people that I knew at that time, but it also strengthened me because it gave me insight how crucial it is for me, I'm talking about me, listen to what God's orders are and what his marching orders are, and do exactly as he said. I knew he was sick. He was 38 years old. I knew he was not in good shape. In fact, the man of the church would go pick him up out of bed on Sunday morning, carry him to the church, and we had a recliner that we put in front of the church that he sat in on Sunday morning because he didn't have the physical strength to walk in. His wife is still alive. I still live for her. She got her teaching credentials. She's in up by Lake and Blue Mountain. No, not Blue Mountain. I don't remember. California. Anyway, she teaches, and every once in a while, I'll hear from her, and I'll get, I'll get a card or something. She'll say, Pastor, I still remember what you did for us. What's that all about? It's about God and you being obedient. Okay, turn with me to Hebrews, the third chapter, and the 13th verse. Talking about being strength. Third chapter, Hebrews, 13th verse. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Least any of you be hardened through deceitfulness of sin. 14th verse, for we have been partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. He said, Today, if you'll hear this voice, do not harden your heart as in rebellion. So, one of the things that we have to do is when we hear, be obedient to follow it. Now, this is what I'm expecting. I, I, don't, I know somewhat the pastor said. A few weeks ago, we had a lady come in here that you and I and Dave went back and prayed for her. I'm really walking in expectations that we're going to get more of those strange people here. That needs to go to a church where people are really willing to take them as they are and pray for them and spend time with them and watch them grow. I really do. I, I, I believe that. In fact, I was talking to, what's his name says back there, Dave? What is it? Dave God. We were talking Sunday, and he said he had a vision. I don't know these people in London and Arkansas. David said he had a vision of coming in the church. I don't know if he's told you this or not. Did he? Where he came in the front door. 
and everybody was slayed in the spirit. They were all over the church, just laid out. And the Holy Spirit just boom. And I said, how long ago did you have it? He said, well, several years ago. I said, is it real today? He said, that's why I'm here. Because I'm expecting it to happen. That's cool. So if Pastor Kelly has an expectation, you have an expectation, you have an expectation, I have an expectation, the pastor has an expectation, God can do nothing but fulfill them. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. He's there. So our expectations is what strengthens us many times and keeps us going. Because I'm sure there's times he says, forget this church. I'm going to a real church. No. Strengthen. Okay. What else? Let's go to, uh, jump over to the fifth chapter of Hebrews. 511. I think that's Hebrew, yeah. Called by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we had much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. There's a warning that restricts us because of dull of hearing. What is dull of hearing? I can say I'm dull of hearing because this earache is not working today but I expect it to work. Every once in a while, it'll be like a bolt of lightning hits this ear. And I'll club this ear and say, can I hear, can I hear? I still can't hear yet, but I, I, I expect it to work. So what is dull of hearing for church people? Dull of hearing. D-U-L-L. So I know those big words too. No longer try to understand. I've got that in my notes too. I had somebody brought up. What does that mean? Absolutely. Dull of hearing means that you're hearing something, but you're refusing to apply it. I could have stayed home and stayed in bed, and that man could have died all by himself, but I moved because I wasn't dull of hearing what God was saying, go see him now. We need to be church people of the now. Not back there, not over there, but now. I'll tell you one more illustration. I was praying four or five months ago, and... The Holy Spirit said to me, go over to your grandson's house. Uh, he goes to work and he gets up, I don't know, 4.35 o'clock. And this is about 10.45, something like that o'clock. So I went over and knocked on his door. And he says, Papa, what are you doing here? I don't know, I come to see you. He says, at this time, you know I get up early? I said, yeah, but I got to pray for you. Well, him and his wife just had a big knockdown drag out. Is that a way of saying fight? And they have not done that. And he says, did my neighbor call you? I said, no. He says, well, how come you're here? I said, 
because God sent me here to you for a time like this. Is that cool? See, I believe that's what God wants to do with his church people. He wants to send us to places and to people for a time like this. To do what? To pray? To intercede? To stop him from throwing something through the TV again? In other words, what does God want out of you and I? It's just purity obedience. And every time we obey God, we get strengthened. Is that a true statement or is that not true? I used to think that was a true statement. But we had started a church in Spiral in a glass factory out there. And we didn't have a piano player pastor time when we started that church. We probably had, I don't know, 30 people there. Hot building. But we had a piano. Had guitars and drums and everything in an old, old building. And so I was sitting on the, pew, the chairs, and I thought, I thought God says, go play the piano, Bill. Did you hear him? Did you hear him grunt when I said that? Now, remember, remember, remember this. Sometimes obedience means practice. And when I practice and work at being obedience, I become better at obedience, but I also begin, I become stronger in strength. So, and my wife was here, she'd laugh at this right now. So I got up, went up to the piano, did the old crack my fingers, I don't know why I did that. Pulled the bench out and sat down and hit that piano. And so all 30 people in the church are looking at me. So I didn't stop there. I hit him again. I did it three or four times. Did I make music? But my brother had a little insight, and he thought I was walking by faith, and so he didn't want to hurt my faith. So he started singing the old rugged cross. And the keys did not say that. I tried. I tried. So why, why am I telling you? I'm telling you that obedience is a learning time. It's for the church too. I'd rather have somebody like that lady that came in church coming, wanting help, needing help, than other people in the church saying they don't need no help. She needed help. And that's what we did. We prayed. Okay. Openness makes us strong. 5.11. Did I read it already? Yes, I did. So, praying in the Spirit. Go with me to Jude. Ask book next to Revelation And it is 20th verse. First chapter, of course, there's only one chapter in Jude. But you, beloved, building yourself up on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. What is that saying to us? What does that say to you? I know what it says to me, but what does it say to you? Build yourself up praying in the Holy Spirit.
pretty good, huh? You ought to be a pastor somewhere, isn't it? That's good. So, I build myself up by praying in the Holy Spirit. What if I don't know what I'm saying? It don't matter. Say it again. Spirit intercedes. But don't, don't it just sound like a bunch of gobbledygook? You got to say that one more time because that's important. Absolutely. In other words, yeah, it's a conversation between you and God. And there are times that I pray in the Spirit that I know exactly what I'm saying in English. There are times that I pray in, in tongues that I don't know what I'm saying in English. But I sure feel good afterwards. Right? How often should we pray in the Spirit? Daily? Daily? What do you think? Three or four times a week. How many times? Oh, whenever I moved. Now I was wondering if that was ever going to come. I'm thinking back about the old Pentecostal church. Well, I'll raise my hands and shout when I moved. (laughs) There you go. That's good. That's good. That is good. Okay, I want to give you one more scripture, 747. And I'm doing my best, Pastor, to be on time. But it's hard. Uh, go, go with me to Romans 5.2. Pastor, do you have a hard time with new Bibles? I do. With new Bibles? Yeah. Because sometimes the books aren't in. Uh, Romans 5.2. To whom you also have access by faith into his, to this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope and the glory of God. Not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been shown. Okay. Part of growing in the kingdom of God, one, learning to be obedient when you're told to do something. Number two is uh, declaring where Joel said, let the weak say I'm strong. Quit claiming to be weak and puny. We need to quit saying, church, where's the people? We need to say, the people are coming. We're believing revival is here. And I am really, really, lately, I'm under the whole thought mechanism of of revival hitting this church. And People are going to tell people because signs and wonders follow them that believe. And guess what? We're believers. So if my confession lined up and I don't say I'm weak but I'm strong, then I'm in agreement with what the Word of God says. And when I'm in agreement with what the Word of God's Word says, then I'm going to hear, receive what God is saying, and it's going to be manifested in, in me, through me, around me, about me. 
God doesn't miss. You and I may miss from time to time. You may try to play the piano. And I really had a thought that that, that I heard of a gospel singer that just, God told them to play the piano, and they just got into playing. But I think that was back with Bestel Goodman. Uh, The Happy Goodmans. Years and years and years ago. Okay. That ain't all I got, but that's all I'm going to give you. Because I'm being obedient. Another thing, see, if they don't pat you on the back, you can pat yourself. I like this light. So, I have one prayer that I think we, the church, need to pray. And then we'll see if you have any other prayer requests. And is that we stop saying we're weak, but we say we're strong. We start declaring that to ourselves. God doesn't make trash. God's here to touch our lives. And God wants wants us to touch other lives too. In whatever format, whether it's at work, 